Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. Today, we are talking about how to confront parents with compassion. What I'm going to share really applies to any relationship, but especially parents, because students and clients ask me all the time, how should I relate to my parents? Should I talk to them about this stuff? How should I talk to them? Confronting your parents, whether that means broaching the topic of the role of pornography in your life or the effect that they've had on you, is what we call a redemptive risk. It's something that you pursue not knowing what the outcome is going to be for the purpose of healing. And this is something that I have done myself. In 2020, I discovered sexual abuse in my story and got counseling from a man trained at the Allender Center who helped me to confront both of my parents in very different ways. And this was extremely healing for me. And I've learned a lot from it that I've now passed on to a lot of guys and I'm excited to share it with all of you today. You will learn why would I possibly want to confront my parent or parents? Should I confront them? Like, is it wise? Is it safe? And finally, three steps to confront a parent, not with contempt, but with compassion. I also want to acknowledge that every situation is different. I don't know your specific situation with your parents. Maybe your parents are no longer alive. If that's the case, you can still go through some of this process without them. Regardless, I trust that some of these principles will be helpful to you, even if you need to adjust them to work for you. So first, why would you confront your parent about anything? Well, here are some good reasons not to do it. This whole idea of confronting your parents is not about blaming your parent. This is not about condemnation. This is not about pointing the finger. That is ultimately unhelpful. I think for both people involved and doesn't really lead to growth or healing. That's not to say that you should avoid the truth or make excuses for your parent, but blaming is not going to get you very far in this journey. Another unhelpful reason to confront your parents is to try to save them. Saving your parent is probably impossible, but Even more than that, it's inappropriate because it's a role reversal where you're taking the role of a parent and relating to them as if your parent is a child. And that's not your job. It's not your job to save your parent, even if they put you in that position when you were a child. And ultimately, trying to change your parent or any other person in any way is impossible. The only person you can change is yourself. The only person whose choices you can control is you and your own choices. Here's a piece of advice that I repeat to myself often and want to share it with you. You cannot teach someone what they don't want to learn. As heartbreaking as it is, as much as we would long to save our parents or as much as we would want to blame them, Ultimately, those strategies are dead ends. And the only person we can really change is ourselves. So this is not about trying to change someone else. 
This is about doing what's right for us and taking a redemptive risk if it makes sense and if it's wise and safe for you. On the other hand, I believe there are two really, really good reasons to confront another person, especially your parent. Protection and connection. Maybe in this relationship, you need protection and this person is harming you in some way or maybe your parent is having a negative impact on your marriage or your family in some way and you need to set a boundary. Maybe it's a boundary about the way your parent speaks with you or the way they touch you or the way they interact with your family. And you need to confront your parent for the sake of protection, for your own protection, and possibly for the protection of people under your care. Now that's really important. Or you may have a different motivation for confronting your parent. Maybe what you really want with that parent is not so much protection, but connection. If you feel distant from this parent or this person, not close enough, and you want to invite intimacy. You might want to have a direct confrontation, so to speak, but the goal is to connect. And I suppose maybe you might want both. Protection and connection is what parents are supposed to provide for children. I also want to acknowledge that for some of us, it may be important to confront a parent without ever actually talking to that person. So I encourage you to consider in your relationship with a parent or another person, do you need protection? Do you desire connection? Maybe both. Or maybe what you really want is catharsis. Maybe you've been carrying heavy burdens like the secret of secretly struggling with porn for years and years and you want to release that burden. Or maybe you've had some pent up feelings about a parent that they're not ready to handle, but you just want to let it go. In that case, you may want to confront a parent or this other person without ever talking to them. Maybe you can write them a letter that you'll never send. Or maybe in a session with a professional coach or counselor or in group therapy, you can unload and let out those feelings in a safe way for you that may never involve the other person. As you consider whether or not it's wise for you to confront your specific parent or parents, here's the most important question you can ask. How emotionally immature is this person? And you may want to reference the book, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, How to Heal from Distant, Rejecting, or Self-Involved Parents. Really good book. And they talk about four different types of emotionally immature parents. I wonder if any of these descriptions will resonate with you. The first type is the emotional parent. Emotional parents are run by their feelings. They treat small upsets like the end of the world and see other people as either rescuers or abandoners. The second type of parent described is driven parents. Driven parents can't stop trying to perfect everything, including other people. They are controlling and interfering when it comes to running their children's lives. Then there are passive parents. Passive parents avoid dealing with anything upsetting. Even allowing abuse and neglect to occur by looking the other way, they cope by minimizing problems. They're less obviously harmful than the other types, but they do have their own negative effects. And the last type is rejecting parents. Rejecting parents make you wonder why they have a family in the first place. They don't want to be bothered by children. Their interactions consist of issuing commands, blowing up, or isolating themselves from family life. So you can see how confronting a passive parent, an emotional parent, a driven parent, or a rejecting parent could backfire. 
And for that reason, we need to approach this whole thing with caution. Admittedly, every parent has some emotionally immature tendencies. You need to evaluate the level of emotional maturity in this other person, which will allow you to determine how vulnerable you're going to be in this conversation and whether or not it's even a good idea in the first place. The book that I mentioned, Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents, actually has an assessment so you can assess your parents' emotional immaturity and at least give yourself an approximation of where they are at so that you can at least have an idea of what you might be getting into. Some other questions that might be helpful are, how does this person typically respond to conflict? How have they responded historically in the past? And as you're assessing your parents' emotional immaturity, you might consider having a more low stakes, less vulnerable conversation with them at first, not directly confronting them, but just talking about something a little bit uncomfortable or addressing a situation that is not as serious as some long-standing conflict from childhood and notice how they respond. That will probably give you some good data that will help you decide if you want to have a more serious, intense conversation. And this question is also really important. How safe do you feel with this person? Because you probably feel that way for a good reason. And lastly, how important is this relationship to you? And I want to ask that question with no judgment, no shame. If your relationship with your parent just isn't that important to you anymore, that's okay. Maybe it makes sense for you to move on without even giving this a second thought. If you do decide to confront one of your parents, I strongly encourage you to release the outcome. You cannot control the outcome of this. All you can control is yourself. So define success by your actions, not by their reactions. Define success by how you show up in this conversation, not by how they respond to you. For example, if you confront your parents, maybe one of your goals is to tell the truth. Maybe one of your goals is to set a boundary. Maybe one of your goals is to invite some kind of intimacy. Define success by your actions, regardless of their reactions. And if it's not a success for you, unless they react a certain way, then you might not be ready to do this. Even after you pray and hope and do everything in your power to create space for your parent to have a favorable response to you, you need to be prepared for the opposite and release the outcome to God. Define success by your actions and your choices. And you can be proud of that. You can say, I made a choice in alignment with my values, even if it didn't work out. And you can be proud of that. Even if that choice is ultimately to not confront your parent. Okay, let me get really practical. How can you confront a parent or another person with compassion? Here's what my counselor recommended. He asked me three questions that were incredibly helpful for me. And so I'm passing along these three questions to you. Number one, what happened? Number two, how do I feel? And number three, what do I want? Let's go through each of these. Number one, what happened? Take the posture of a learner. Embrace curiosity about what actually happened to you. What's the basis of this confrontation? 
get the facts clear, learn your story. And what my counselor recommended that blew my mind was the importance of learning the other person's story too. As I learned more about my parents and their childhood and what formed them and what shaped them, it unlocked so much compassion toward them. And this allowed me to not blame them and also to be extremely honest about the way that they affected me. So when you learn your parents' story or when you learn the other person's story, it allows you to relate to them with kindness without sacrificing the truth. And you may actually want to talk to your parent or talk to the person you're possibly confronting to learn more of their side of the story, to get a sense of their experience. And wow, what a difference that made when I had these conversations with my parents, not starting with what happened to me, but starting with what I know about what happened to them that really opened the doors for a lot of healing. So that's question one, what happened? Side note, the person you're confronting may or may not be ready to hear all of the details of exactly what happened to you. There are certain details of what happened to me or my interpretation of what happened that I haven't shared with my parents because it seemed like it would get in the way of the reconciliation and the healing that I wanted to have with them. I assessed their emotional maturity and decided that I would withhold certain details about what happened for my own sanity and health and for the relationship. For example, as you learn what happened to you, you may want to use words like abuse, abandonment, trauma, neglect. When you confront a parent or another person, it can be helpful to use different language or language that you think they'll be more open to. Even if you're using different language for yourself, you might want to say, I was hurt or this was harmful. Question two is how do I feel? How do I feel? And I'm not asking you to name one emotion, but rather to honor all of the feelings that come up. Because as we process our early experiences in childhood and with our parents, we need to honor both sides of what we felt around them, the positive and the negative. In other words, we need to name ambivalence. Ambivalence is a big word that means feeling two contradictory feelings about the same situation at the same time. For example, I feel excited and terrified. Or for example, I felt shame and pleasure and arousal. That's ambivalence. As Daniel Tiger says, sometimes you feel two feelings at the same time and that's okay. Asking yourself, how do I feel about what happened to me? Maybe there's gratitude for certain aspects of how your parents relate to you and there's grief. And as you confront a parent, it can be helpful to share both sides, what you're grateful for, what you appreciate, and also what you grieve and what you don't appreciate or what you didn't appreciate. Acknowledging both sides of how you have been impacted. And then finally, the last question is, what do I want? What do I want moving forward with this person? 
Maybe you want to ask for something. Maybe you want to set a boundary. But these three questions are incredibly helpful and they had very different answers in my own personal experience. What happened? How do I feel? And what do I want? And as you ask those questions for yourself, your answer for yourself might be very different from what you actually present to your parent. For example, your parent may not be ready to hear everything that happened or all of your feelings or everything that you want. So you want to be strategic about what you will share based on your answers to those questions. Here are the two practical examples from my life about how I confronted both of my parents as we talked about in the last episode of Husband Material. With my mom, I needed protection. I needed space physically from her. And so my counselor guided me to get on a Zoom call with her. This allowed for uh, personal face-to-face interaction while also maintaining some distance and what I felt I needed to protect myself. I could cancel the Zoom call at any time. I could mute. I could have a lot more control. And rather than just having the conversation, I wrote a letter to my mom and that provided more structure. That allowed me to be able to focus on the boundaries that I was gonna set with less pressure to get it right with my language. And that was really, really difficult for my mom. Ultimately, I set some physical and emotional boundaries with her. There was a physical boundary in regards to kissing. I didn't want to be kissed by her for a time. And also there was an emotional boundary where I didn't want to hear about some of her specific emotional struggles and expressed what I would do if I felt like a conversation was going in that direction. This was liberating for me. It was very difficult for her. Ultimately, it has created a peer-to-peer relationship rather than a parent-child relationship, which has been so helpful for me. So with my mom, I needed space. I needed protection. With my dad, it was a very different story. Even though I felt anger and frustration toward him, my counselor helped me realize what I really wanted deep down was connection. Specifically, I wanted more vulnerability from my dad. So rather than setting up a Zoom call and writing a letter, I asked him if he would like to go for a long hike with me. So we had a three-hour conversation where I was asking him some questions that started out somewhat casually and progressed to more vulnerable questions about him, things I always wanted to know, and he had never told me. We had a few of these hikes, and it was really life-giving, and ultimately, both of these conversations with my parents spontaneously led to some apologies from them, to forgiveness and reconciliation. And while there are still things I haven't shared with them about the specific language I use to describe what I went through or um, things that have affected me that were negative, ultimately, the result of this is a peer-to-peer relationship rather than a parent-child relationship either me trying to take the role of a parent or me feeling like a child again. And that's really the hope of confronting your parents is that you will no longer relate to them as a little boy and you will no longer relate to them as if you're responsible for them. 
There is an emancipation. There's so much freedom in becoming peers with your parents because after you turn 18 years old, you are an adult, just like them. As you consider your relationship with your parents, when you're with them, do you feel like an adult? Are you treated as an adult? And are you treating them as responsible adults? There is a lot of freedom and maturity in becoming peers with your parents, although it's not easy. And it may or may not be wise to actively confront them. You know, you can set boundaries even without telling them, and that's okay, depending on their level of emotional maturity. So if you want to confront a parent with compassion, ask yourself, what happened? How do I feel? And what do I want? You may want to approach that person with a letter or a face-to-face conversation. And as you're deciding what to do and how to do it, I strongly encourage you to get some kind of coaching or counseling. Think and pray about this. Maybe you want to ask for prayer or advice in the Husband Material community where we're talking about this episode. Ask yourself, what happened to them? What happened to me? How do I feel about this? What do I want? And consider how you might want to go about this communication. Maybe you want to write a letter. Maybe it's a letter you'll never send. Maybe you want to set up a Zoom call. Maybe you want to do an in-person invitation. Maybe what you need is protection. Maybe what you long for is connection. Regardless, this can be a redemptive risk that brings incredible healing on the journey of outgrowing porn. Because ultimately, we are outgrowing the dynamics of our childhood. We are becoming sexually and emotionally healthy and mature men of God. And confronting parents can be a part of it. And oh my word, how powerful it can be when it's done with curiosity and compassion. Always remember, my friend, you are God's beloved son. And in you, he is well pleased. Oh,